Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, May 31st, 2020, called What It Means to Be the Family of God, Fully Devoted, given by Pastor Jonathan Dinger. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So, you know, just so you know, when we do this, every once in a while we do this, where we do a creed and then we have an explanation. The explanation is not Scripture. That's just some, that's Martin Luther from the Catechism. So, you know, I don't ever, you know, if you say, gosh, I don't know if I believe that. You may not. Not yet, maybe. Who knows? But I love that. I love doing that to have an opportunity to say, this is what we say that means when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. He's called me by the gospel, right? The Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. So you know how Pocatello was founded, right? You know how Pocatello was founded. The settlers all came here and they said, let's just stay here until the wind dies down. Right? Have you, have you been experiencing that the last couple of days? On your phone, did you get the wind advisory? I mean, last night, so we have, we love, Hawaii is a happy place for us. We wish we could go there more often. We have a, Teresa's got a plumeria working. And I'm thinking yesterday this wind is going, we better bring that plant inside. I mean, uh, we, and thankfully she's got little ties on her cushions on the chairs because there have been times in the past where we found the cushions two neighborhoods over. Um, so I don't know if you've experienced that here in Pocatello also. And I, it kind of begs this question, the Holy Spirit, that Greek term is hagios pneumatos, okay? The Holy Spirit, like pneumatic tire, pneumatic, that kind of thing. It uses air, wind, breath. So the Holy Pneuma, the Holy Spirit. When we use the term Holy Spirit, do you think of the wind that can take the cushions off of my lawn chairs and blow them two neighborhoods over? Or yesterday it was so windy, there was a gust that caught the house so hard I actually felt the house move. That was the first time for me in this house that is not very old, and we designed and built ourselves. I mean, the first time, and I felt the house move. Or is the Holy Spirit a little gentle breath? Is it a little gentle breeze? Is it something that comes out of a fan at number one, or number three, or number ten? Does it move the house? Does it just flutter the dandelions? So there's a story that goes about a little boy who wanted to fly a kite that he had made. Any of you old enough to remember making your own kites out of newspaper and spare sticks? So we'd find little pieces of wood, you know, and we could cut those little strips of wood off of stuff from packing crates or something. Real, It wasn't balsa wood. We weren't that fancy. But you could cobble it together. Anybody remember this? Anybody old enough to admit it, right? Taking newspaper, remember that? Taking newspaper and folding it in, and then you'd get it all made, and usually you made it when it was windy, and by the time you got done, it wasn't windy anymore, right? So there's a little boy who does this, and he makes his kite, and then he goes to mom, and he goes, oh, the wind has died down, and mom says, you're going to have to wait for the wind. Well, he's impatient. He doesn't want to wait for the wind. So he takes a kite string and 
she doesn't know what's going on. She hears stuff in the garage and this and that. A few minutes later, he's tearing down the street with a string tied to the back of his bicycle and his kite on the end of that. And, of course, it's bumping along on the road, you know, and he's going up and down and up and down trying to get this kite to go into the air. And he, she, he tries for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Finally, he comes in, and Mom says, well, how'd it go? And he says, well, not so good. It went up and down, but mostly it was down. And as he went off, she heard him say under his breath almost, I guess I have to wait for the wind. You know, that was the command that Jesus gave the disciples. You're going to need to wait for the wind. Stay here until my Holy Spirit and the power will come upon you from on high. Acts chapter 1. Stay here in Jerusalem and wait for the wind. What's, so, you know, as, here in Idaho, we're in a series of stages, aren't we? From um, Governor Little, series of stages and the guidelines from the CDC and also Southeastern Idaho Public Health. And we've been very, very careful to work with them. You can still see, you love the legroom, don't you? You love the legroom. I know you do. Um, and so we're still, our ushers are still seating people apart. And we're still kind of careful as we pass by each other wearing masks. And, you know, we're just, we're doing those things because, not because of all the perfect assured results of science, but because those in authority over us have said, here's what we'd like you to do. Because you can get one expert to quote one thing and another expert to quote the other, Right? I mean, you can get somebody to say, you'll all die if you don't wear masks. And then somebody who says, you'll all die if you do wear masks. So that we're doing it to honor those in authority over us, to treat one another with respect and kindness, and show as much love and care for you as we possibly can, as through stages we are rebounding, right? Through stages we are coming back. And each stage was really distinct and different. I want to and I want to honor our governor for a minute. I'm making no political statements here, okay? I don't make them. In this church, we don't make political statements. So you might not like the guy. You might not like him because he's a Republican. You might love him because he, I don't care. I will tell you this. He invited several of us around the state in on a Zoom meeting, and I asked him a question early on in this process. Why are you allowing houses of worship to open when it became clear? And I will always be grateful to him for this response. He said, I need you all to get back to work because the rates of suicide and depression, people are fearful of losing their jobs. They don't know what the future looks like. The social and emotional and spiritual health of the citizens of this state is at risk, and we need you to do what you do. I will always be grateful for that. Whether I agree with all of his other decisions, I am grateful for that. And so that's why we're doing this. And I'm thankful that you're here. And if you're watching online, I'm thankful that you're watching online. And I'm thankful that you may be taking measures to keep yourself safe. That's what we want to do. It's a series of stages, isn't it? And so what we're kind of doing is waiting for the wind, is one way that you might say it. Because, you know, the first stage was, okay, houses of worship can open with careful, strict social distancing. It's a strict social distancing and following the CDC guidelines at this time. And, you know, that included masks and hand sanitizer, sanitizing before and after, all of these different things. And all of those protocols we adopted, plus more. We added some things. And then as we got to the next stage, right, and other things started to open, houses of worship weren't really mentioned, we kind of continued. Then in the next stage, now it's like, okay, groups of up to 10, and now we're in the phase, right, of 10 to 50, groups of 10 to 50, 
It's not really talking about churches yet because we've had over 50 every Sunday in every service for the, since May 10th. And then we're looking forward to the day of June 12th because the very next day then we're able to have groups over 50. And again, the guidelines are careful, appropriate social distancing, hand washing, and so forth. Careful sanitizing. It's a series of stages, isn't it? And so any of us who have lived through this know that going from this point in the pandemic to, another, to this point in the pandemic involved not just a single moment in time, but a series of stages, all of which none of us were 100% sure of. The data could be quoted 10 different ways from Sunday. And so we took the stages one at a time. Christians sometimes make this, uh, make this mistake in which they almost celebrate elements of the Christian life in isolation. And none of them should ever be celebrated in isolation. Every once in a while, we'll get a little grief on our Christmas Eve service because we talk about the cross. And because we might talk about nails. And we might talk about, this is a baby that grows up to die. But we would be remiss if we did not do so. If we did not remind you that God became flesh, that's the celebration of the incarnation, Christmas, that God became flesh to be in our midst so that we would know that God was truly with us and he came with that purpose to die. And then we would be remiss if we didn't tie that to Jesus' public ministry in which the word that became flesh now is a word which is delivered to his people full of promise and grace and hope. A living word that came from a living incarnate God. And then we would be remiss if we forgot to tell you about the crucifixion and how that fit in there. And you've heard me and Pastor Von Bush say many times that Good Friday and Easter are simply two sides of the same coin. That they are not separated from each other. That one must go with the other. That the death of Christ is linked inexorably and without question to the resurrection of Christ. And then last week we celebrated the ascension in which Christ himself returns to his rightful home and to the glory which he has deserved, but goes with a purpose to prepare a place for us and promises to come back and take us to be with him where he is. And we celebrated that last week and then this week. And Jesus says, and don't be fearful. I will not leave you alone. I will send my, it is necessary for me to go so that I might send my Holy Spirit to be among you. All of those things go together. They're all stages. We're in stages now as we reopen and rebound and hope to restart the economy and get people active and working. Hopefully working instead of burning things. Hopefully discussing and working to solutions, right? With wisdom and with thoughtfulness and with care for one another. Because there are problems to overcome and there are solutions that can be had but they're hard to hear when the buildings are burning. We pray for that, don't we? And so we're in a series of stages to try to come to a place of health and of vitality. And that's how God built his church, from incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and the outpouring of the Spirit here in Pentecost. But here's the difference. You know what our hope is today in the pandemic? Our hope is in a vaccine. We're hoping. Because when we get the vaccine, then all things are solved. Or maybe not. 
You know what's one of the problems in the Christian church face today, the Christian church faces today? Is what we might call a Christian vaccination. Is that many, many people are kind of inoculated to Christianity. They got a vaccine, right? You know, a vaccine is a little bit of the, of the illness. You get a little bit of the illness. So it helps you build antibody. I hope I'm saying this right, Randy. And if I'm not, you fix me. Just take my word for it. I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but that's our hope, isn't it? Our hope's a vaccine. That is not the Christian hope. The Christian hope is a cure. The Christian hope is a cure in which we are in fact transformed by the power of His Holy Spirit in the, and, it's, and it's given to us here on this Pentecost Sunday. We are longing for a cure. So let me go back to my little boy with the, with the kite who says, I guess I'm going to have to wait for the wind. We don't have to. We're not waiting for the wind because the wind has already been given. The wind has been given so that we might place our trust in Christ and we might continue to move forward as those who are faithful. And so there are four things. I, I laughed with Jim this morning. I said, these four things I have is going to be less than my whole introduction. I wanted to set this stage for you to say that what a blessing it is that on this Pentecost, we don't have to wait for the wind. The wind has already been poured out upon every believer. And if you have trust in Christ, any trust in Christ, it is because the Holy Spirit has moved into your heart and taken up residence. The Holy Spirit has called us by the gospel, enlightens us with his gifts, places our faith in the one true God. So this Pentecost, you know, it was a harvest festival. Did you know that? It was interesting. It was the first cutting of the barley. So it was late May, early June. It was the first cutting of the barley there in, in Palestine. And, and, so, and harvest festivals always have feasting. Right? They always have parties. And because it was barley, you know they had beer. I'm Lutheran. That's okay. All right. So anyway, but so they had the barley cutting. And so they had a harvest festival. And they rejoiced in God's provision and abundance. And they looked forward to a greater harvest that came towards the fall. But they rejoiced that in that, this renewal in the, in the late spring of that. And they would feast. And what's interesting is, in this Pentecost account, we often forget that chapter 2 gives us the whole account of the flames coming on the disciples, Peter preaching, and the church is enlarged by 3,000. But the chapter continues and concludes with these verses. They devoted themselves, right? What does it then look like? 3,000 were added to their number that day. Well, what did they do? Just stand around? No. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's what the family of God looked like because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So this is what I really wanted to share with you today. It isn't that I'm spending lots of time on these four points and fleshing them out. What I'm describing to you is this word devotion. That's what I really wanted to look at. Isn't that an interesting word? They devoted themselves. What do you think that means? They immersed themselves? It means that's what they thought about all day long? Did it mean they walked around on their knees praying all day? Does it mean that they abandoned their jobs and sold everything and sat on a hillside? What do you think it means? I love this. I'm devoted to my wife. I hope she would say that too. But I'm devoted to her. I'm devoted to her. I love that word. I love her. That's what devotion means, doesn't it? They love it. 
I long for that. I long to be with her. When I'm not with her, I miss her. I'm devoted to her. And so I love this term that says they were devoted to these things. They were devoted. Because here's a word I want to share with you, especially if you're watching online. I am, we are longing for people to come back together here in worship, but we are also longing for people to be safe and to be cautious. If you're at home because you feel vulnerable or you're uncertain, please don't feel any guilt or any that we're criticizing you. But here's the idea. Let me give you this illustration. So you get the four things, right? They devoted themselves to teaching, right? That's the Word of God. And notice all of these have the Spirit in them. That's the cool thing. To the teaching, God's Word. Secondly, to the fellowship, right? You think about it. Look around the room. Do you think we'd all hang out together unless the Holy Spirit had made that happen? Right? I'm, I'm kind of making a joke here. Probably not. And the reason that we hang out together is that we have a commonly held shared faith in Christ and the hope and the promise and the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the Spirit's work. That's the fellowship. They were devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to the breaking of bread, and that is a term for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. They were devoted to it, and they were devoted to prayer. People have asked me, because if you don't know this, Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho, is a strange, unusual, very almost unique place that this kind of ministry exists in our denomination in this corner of Idaho. It's odd. It's just an oddity. We're a sacramental church. We wear robes and vestments. We have one type of service, another type of service, and we have a big school. We're so blessed. It's just weird that we have this ministry. We should not, it should be smaller. And people will ask me, how are you all doing the things that you're doing there? Adding a high school, expanding your early childhood, you did Mountain View Event Center. How's that happening? And I said, this is a distinct church that I've ever, this is the most unique church I've ever been in because when, in many other churches, when I would say, hey, I get some wild idea. Can you imagine that? I'd come up with some crazy idea and I would bring it to the church and the church would go, well, let me tell you the 10 reasons you can't do that. Probably not going to be able to do that. Here's the reasons why we shouldn't do it. But when I bring it up here, you know what you all say? How can we get that done? You don't immediately say, yay, let's do that. But it's how can that happen? Can God make that happen here? And then we begin to work. What I want to tell you about this devotion idea, the devotion idea is the difference between saying, I'm going to stay home because it's easy. I'm going to stay home because I don't want to put in the energy to come to church. Now, I'm, being, I'm giving you a little law here, okay? I'm going to stay home because it's more convenient if I watch it at a different time. When they describe the church that says they were devoted to these things, it means in their heart they said, I am longing for this. I am eager for this. Forgive me, Scott and Karen. It just made my heart. You had already watched the early service and said, I want to come to communion. That's exactly what I'm talking about. They devoted themselves. Some of you may not be able to come. I get it. We want you to be safe. It's necessary. Take your time. Be cautious. Be well. I was telling the first service, we have a pastor in Ashton, uh, uh, at Zion Ashton, Pastor Maurer, who just yesterday night said, I've been diagnosed with COVID-19. 
He has a very vulnerable congregation. He may be out of commission for a month or more and unable to interact with his congregation. And so how we begin to help them and so forth. We should be cautious, shouldn't we? We should be cautious. But I want your hearts to long. To long for these things. For the Spirit of God who works through his word. For the Spirit of God who creates a family like no other that would never happen any other way. The Spirit of God who works through the bread and the wine and the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring his gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. And for the Spirit of God who sighs and groans and intercedes on our behalf in prayer when we do not have the words. That's the Spirit who calls us together. That we long to be together to be that people, the people of God in this place. God is good. And God is gracious. And he has granted us his Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for calling us together to be the church And for us to long to be together, to celebrate the gifts that you give us, we rejoice. And that your spirit has worked in a mighty way to move the house. And we no longer have to wait for the wind, Lord, to move us. Holy Spirit, continue to bring the fire. Continue to inspire us. Fan them to flame, those gifts which you've given us. Encourage us, Lord, to love one another with that same holy fire. of Fellowship and of teaching and at your table. As we pray for one another, Lord, may we rest in your gifts through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you have any questions or comments about this sermon, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org and make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.